You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another Twitter Tuesday episode of Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Whether you're listening on your favorite podcast provider or watching on YouTube, thank you very much for being here. And don't forget that we're here with you every single Monday through Friday, five days a week covering your New Orleans Saints. On today's episode, New Orleans Saints fans told me who they felt like were players that were not getting enough conversation. So we'll try to do some justice with today's Twitter Tuesday. Then for segments two and three, we're going to be joined by former New Orleans Saints quarterback JT O'Sullivan to talk Ian Book and get a unique perspective on the evolution of the New Orleans Saints offense and why Ian Book may be in the perfect scenario for a young quarterback in the NFL. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, co-managing editor over at CanalStreetChronicles.com, your Tuesday co-host over the National Locked On NFL podcast. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints, your team every day. Thank you very much, as always, for joining me on another episode of Locked on Saints. We appreciate you very much for being here, whether this is your first time or your next time catching the podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming through for this Twitter Tuesday episode. Before we continue, want to let you know that you need to go and check out the Peacock and Williamson NFL show for all of the news that you need around the world of the NFL with a national outlook from a former NFL scout and NFL analyst in Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson. Go and check them out wherever you get your podcast. But on today's episode of Locked on Saints, as we begin with Twitter Tuesday here, we're going to be talking a little bit about young members of the New Orleans Saints that aren't being talked about enough. And this question actually came courtesy of our good friend, Cody Rourke, who is here at the Locked on Podcast Network. He hosts Locked on Broncos. And you probably know him if you've tuned in for the Locked on NFL Sunday shows that he and I do every Sunday talking with a bunch of the biggest stories around the NFL and bringing in local hosts, talk about all that Sunday morning show that we do during the season and even off season as well. But he had asked this question about the Denver Broncos. So I put it back out there at Ross Jackson Nola. Would love to hear your answers to this, but with the New Orleans Saints. And of course, I spelled love live, but you know what? Let me live. That's how we roll. So I want to start with the one of the first names that came up. This is from John Sigler, which at John underscore Sigler with two R two R's S I G L E R R outstanding follow on Twitter ton of fun great food uh, uh, stuff as well as well as everything that he does covering the New Orleans Saints over at Saints Wire which you can check out over at USA Today but John pointed out a really really good name to kick us off here and it's Jalen Dalton the defensive tackle out of North Carolina spent a little bit of time with the Chicago Bears he's been with the Saints over the last couple of seasons and really started to make a name for himself during camp last season, but ended up getting injured all the way back in August. It was August 26th. He ended up having a torn triceps injury that put him on season-ending injured reserve way, way, way early. But despite that, the Saints still signed him to a futures contract after the season. So that should tell you that the hype that was sort of starting to build up around him in last year's offseason wasn't all for naught. He was clearly getting some attention from the coaches, from the coaching staff and from the team. He's another one of those defensive tackles that could be in the mix for some potential playing time. And as John mentioned here, has a real shot at earning minutes on game days, quote unquote. And he's somebody that's been getting a lot of love from the likes of Nick Underhill and others. And of course, even head or not head coach, excuse me, assistant head coach and defensive line coach, 
Ryan Nielsen, who the Saints retained over the course of the offseason, as somebody that could potentially get into the mix here. We talk a lot about David Onyemata, Shai Tuttle, Malcolm Roach, some of these other defensive tackles that could come in, even Ryan Glasgow, and get some playing time and some snaps. But Jalen Dalton should not be forgotten in the mix of all this. Six foot six, 300 pounds. He's perfect for what the Saints like on the defensive line. And if he's showing out during camp, he's somebody to maybe keep an eye out on or a name to keep an ear out for as we roll into July 27th when everybody reports for 2021's training camp. Another name to maybe keep on your radar is JT Gray, who we've talked about a bunch here on the podcast, but I asked Blake Gillikin just a couple of days ago, I guess it was last week now, everything's kind of running together, but I asked him during media availability how comforting it is to be a punter to have a gunner that can do what JT Gray does. And Blake Gillikin admitted that while it doesn't necessarily change the way that he punts or anything like that, it certainly makes you feel very comfortable with the special teams unit that you have built around you. And of course, the New Orleans Saints put a lot of emphasis on the third phase of the game, truly treating it like a third of the game, an equal part of the game to offense and defense. And so JT Gray is somebody whose name deserves to be maybe a little bit more touted. The guy was a second team all pro just a couple of years ago as a special teamer. I think he has played up to first team all pro standards and a lot of his teammates would agree. And we've certainly seen him step into some defensive roles every now and then as well when called upon and not be a liability over on the defensive side. JT Gray's talent is kind of immeasurable at this point, particularly on the special team side, but he's somebody that deserves a little bit more credit or maybe let's say a lot more conversation. And the fact that the Saints were able to retain him and bring him back this offseason ends up being a huge win for that third phase of the game where they lost a guy like Justin Hardy. Now, because you have a JT Gray, you probably still feel pretty okay in terms of just trying to find that second gunner. Would have been a much worse situation to be in had you lost both of them. And then a third name that I'm going to bring up here is one that isn't really going to find himself on any top lists or anything like that. But Carl Granderson, going back over to the defensive side, going back to the defensive line, looks poised to be somebody that could potentially break out. He had some issues coming in early on into his NFL career. It seems that all of that has been sort of behind him or at least forgotten about at this point. And then now he's strictly able to focus on football. And if he's able to do that to the appropriate extent, then you could see him along with Peyton Turner and along with Marcus Davenport finding more ways to continue to disrupt the quarterback. He had a pair of sacks last season. Saw his increase, his role increase during the course of the season. He credits that to Ryan Nielsen, credits that to his ability to continue to push forward and try to develop himself as well. So what could 2021 have in store for Carl Granderson? Honestly, if you get more than three sacks out of the guy, I think you have a very successful season from him because I don't expect him to get a ton of snaps, especially with them having drafted Peyton Turner here over the course of the offseason. But if he is, you know, somebody that ends up getting some boosted snaps because of maybe injury or maybe he focuses on rotating with uh, Mar- with uh, Cam Jordan while Marcus Davenport and Peyton Turner potentially uh, rotate with one another, that could potentially skyrocket Carl Granderson's productivity, especially as somebody that has been pretty active and successful in the run defense game as well, which we know the New Orleans Saints absolutely love. A couple of other players that got multiple mentions, David Onyemata, Eric McCoy, Marcus Williams, who was currently not or was recently not put on one of the touchdown wire top safeties lists. He was snubbed from that list. Um, uh, uh, Deontay Harris ended up getting mentioned. Even CJ Gardner Johnson got mentioned as well. I do feel like we do discuss those players a lot, but I do feel like maybe there are some of those that we could certainly discuss more. But those first three and Jalen Dalton, JT Gray, and Carl Granderson, they definitely deserve maybe a little bit of a higher profile in terms of the way that we cover them. And I'll do my best to provide that as we continue on 
throughout the offseason here on Locked on Saints. Now, coming up next, we want to talk about high profile. We're bringing in former New Orleans Saints quarterback, JT O'Sullivan. He's also the owner of the QB school, high school coach, and just a phenomenal, phenomenal analyst and uh, just does a remarkable job breaking down film. He's coming through to talk to us a little bit about the Saints offense and the way that it's evolved over time, Sean Payton, and of course, Ian Book. And he'll be back for another episode later on in the week to talk about Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston, the quarterback battle as well. But we'll get to the New Orleans Saints offense and Ian Book with J.T. O'Sullivan here in just a moment as we continue with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. As we try to do some players justice that maybe aren't getting a lot of conversation here across the New Orleans Saints landscape and across the national media, you might want to do your vehicle justice as well and make sure that it's getting all taken care of. Is there a part, a piece, or an accessory that you need? Well, make sure you go and check out rockauto.com because I can pretty much guarantee that you're going to find it no matter what make, model, or year vehicle you drive. You're going to find not only the piece or part that you're looking for, but you're going to find options to make sure you choose exactly what it is that is the best fit for you. And best of all, you can do it from the comfort of your own home, from your sweatpants. You can order it while you're at work, on your lunch break, whatever it is, and wherever it is that you need to access the catalog, you can get to it. You don't have to worry about trying to get there during your days as everybody's trying to get back to work and everything. Don't have to worry about trying to carve out time to get there during a lunch break. No, no. Save your lunch, have your lunch, order from the comfort of your own home, and have it delivered right to your door so you can get everything taken care of over the course of the weekend. So go and check it out, rockauto.com. Don't forget to let them know that Locked On sent you, but right in Locked On in the How'd You Hear About Us section at checkout. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, everybody, as we continue to roll along with today's episode of Locked on Saints, we are joined by a very special guest, and I am very much looking forward to this conversation. Uh, I've got a phenomenal, phenomenal, uh, you know, athlete and coach and, 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 I mean, you can put all the ampersands you want here. You're still coaching, right? You want to, you want to, you want, it, you want more, you want more? <laughs> got got all of it, man. And you can catch all of the great work over at the QB School uh, YouTube page, youtube.com slash C slash QB School. It is JTO Sullivan at JT underscore O Sullivan. And of course, former New Orleans Saints quarterback on top of it all. JT, thanks so much for joining us on today's Locked on Saints, man. Appreciate you coming through. Yeah, my pleasure, Ross. I'm, I'm fired up. I have some great memories of New Orleans and the Saints, so always fun to talk some ball. Love it. Can you can you kick us off with one of your uh, one of your favorite memories, if you don't mind? Man, what are some good memories? I had so I, honestly, I learned. I really think of it as like learning professional football in New Orleans. I got a really special time there with Mike McCarthy, who was our offense coordinator, mm-hmm. Jake Delhomme, Aaron Brooks, and we were we were actually pretty good. You know, for uh, yeah. especially the first couple seasons, early in the season. And so it was. It was a fun place to be. Fun kind of uh, rivalries with the uh, with the Falcons. Those games oh, yeah. were a blast, man. I had a blast. It's a fun place to be early in your twenties. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, no doubt about that. And you know, you were around at a time to where obviously things were a little bit different than they are now. And you know, with Sean Payton being involved and everything. And I- I'm just curious in terms of you know some of the big changes that came in with Sean Payton. And then what you've seen in today's version of that New Orleans Saints offense, what are some of the big differences that you can sort of see between your time there and what you're seeing now, just to sort of set the stage for the conversation we'll have about Ian Book and some of these other quarterbacks in New Orleans? 
Yeah, I mean, I think Sean Payton has done such a great job on so many different levels. And it really, that is kind of the bridge from what, whatever the Hazlitt uh, time kind mm -hmm. of frame period experience was to changing to going with Sean Payton and what he brings offensively, what they've kind of come together as a franchise, how they've galvanized that city uh, around his style of football, their style of football. Obviously, it's coupled with having a Hall of Fame quarterback, which mm -hmm. certainly helps. But those two guys together have really made New Orleans a unique offense across the landscape of the league and really kind of on the front edge of a lot of what I would consider the high-end passing stuff for the last two decades, it seems like. And so it'll be fascinating to see what that looks like moving forward. I think there's certainly some, obviously, some, some glaring gaps with what they're going to be able to try to do and how they're going to try to fill those gaps will be fun to see. And, uh, you know, whether it's new players or having guys in extended roles or having guys kind of take over new opportunities in that offense. It'll be fascinating to see how Sean Payton evolves that system to fit the personnel that they have now. Yeah, absolutely. And we've seen Sean Payton be, at least we could say, eight games worth of success with Sean Payton, eight and one without Drew Brees over the last two seasons, but big shoes to fill. But before we get to a couple of the guys that are competing right now to get into that starting role and to sort of fill that role, post Drew Brees, I want to talk to you a little bit about Ian Book. Uh, you did two videos, uh, an Ian Book analysis, part one and part two, over at the QB school, which you can find youtube.com slash C, excuse me, slash C, slash the QB school. And, uh, you know, you there were two kind of very different tones in the first one and the second one. Did you see improvement in those two games that you look like, which of course are smaller sample sizes than, you know, a full 35 game career, right? Sure. Uh, absolutely. I, I would say that was probably the one word that would jump off the screen for me was just the improvement from year to year. Mm -hmm. So going from this last year, I, I thought there were some, the, again, uh, I make, I try to acknowledge the gaps in my own analysis here. I'm not watching every single snap of this, of any player's career. Right. And so what I'm watching, I'm trying to share and just be kind of as objective as possible. But I thought that there were some significant holes as far as uh, consistency throwing the ball down the field outside the numbers earlier in his career. And then this past year, I thought he really bridged the gap in a number of those areas and really the consistency, the how high of a level they played offensively. They were asking him to do different things, things that I think will translate to Sundays overall. Mm -hmm. I also am just a big fan of Ian Book. Uh, I think he, I love his kind of throwing motion, his mechanics, how he plays the position. I think that there's obviously some uh, easy carryover to just the size of what uh, the New Orleans quarterbacks have been in the past with what he brings to the table. Uh, but, you know, we'll see how that works out. You know, it's, I, I want to say off the top of my head, a fourth round draft pick, you know, mm -hmm. going to come in there with an opportunity to develop and a really great opportunity. You know, I think a lot of people would be excited to play quarterback or be on the, the Saints kind of depth chart right now, because there is that kind of glaring opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Ian Book is somebody that, the Saints have clearly felt that they were very high on. I mean, they invested that fourth round draft pick, as you mentioned, into bringing him in, but I've also had a lot of praise for him. What are some of the, let's start with the maybe pluses that you would look at in his game, some of the things that he does well that could translate to this New Orleans Saints offense? I would say a lot of the throws that maybe we've seen Drew Brees making the last few years would mm -hmm. be things that would translate. And, that, and what I mean by that is that's a nice way to say maybe not like the most powerful arm down the field. Sure. But what he does do, it is very consistent. He's smooth. He's fluid in his mechanics. Those types of things that I think he, he's worked significantly on and improved upon. 
that coupled with the fact that he's probably a better athlete than Drew Brees maybe ever was. That might be overreaching a little bit when Drew first came out, but post-injury, certainly, uh, I, w- I would say that. So the, those elements are the things that I enjoy watching. Plus, he's, you know, there's a, a weird variable in all of sports, but specifically for the quarterback position, you know, how much do you put on winning? How much is the quarterback directly a result of that outcome? And he certainly won a lot at Notre Dame at a really high level for a really long time. And so I think that that plays a part in it, you know, whether, whether that can translate to Sundays, we'll see. All right, y'all. In just a moment, we're going to get to part two of our conversation with JT O'Sullivan, former New Orleans Saints quarterback, talking more about Ian Book and how he might be in a very, very good situation in New Orleans, one of the best situations for a young quarterback. He'll tell us why as we continue on with today's episode of Locked On Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I'm going to tell you why you need to head over to BuiltBar.com right away and get yourself a box of Built Bars. I absolutely love these things, right? Protein bars that taste like candy bars. These things are absolutely remarkable because you get something that you feel like you shouldn't just be able to eat all the time, right? 100% covered in chocolate. They're delicious, fantastic flavors like coconut, coconut almond, salted caramel, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, so many different flavors that feel like I shouldn't be able to just eat like four of these in a day and be totally fine. You can. That's how good these built bars are. They're incredible because you're talking about 17, 18 grams of protein, but four or five grams of sugar. That's it. Low in calories, low in carbs, low in sugar, but high in protein, high in fiber. These bars are fantastic. So go and get yourself a box of built bars over at builtbar.com. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L O C K E D 15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. And of course, you can also go and check out our exclusive online betting partners, Bet Online. Remember, the New Orleans Saints are now favored to not make the playoffs in 2021. Maybe something you might want to get in on because right now, plus 110 for the Saints to make the playoffs, which means you can win $110 off of putting just 100 down. Now, that is a absolute steal as far as I'm concerned, because I do think that the Saints, just like Marcus Spears said over at ESPN with Chris Rosvoglu over at The Spun, are a playoff team with Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill, for that matter, at quarterback because I trust in Sean Payton. I'm not calling them Super Bowl contenders but I think they can make the playoffs. So you want to make the playoffs, you think they can, that's a probably a pretty good bet for you to go and try out over at betonline.ag. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, so you can get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON over at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Let's get it. Houda Nation wrapping up today's episode with JT O'Sullivan of the Quarterback School at JT underscore O'Sullivan on Twitter. Make sure you throw him a follow. He'll be back tomorrow to talk a little bit more about Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. But let's continue on with our conversation about Ian Book, the Saints' fourth round surprise draft selection in the 2021 NFL Draft. You know, one of the things that stood out and that you had mentioned as well in, I believe it was the part two film analysis, but one of the things that we certainly observe in Ian Book is his calmness as a play breaks down. How important is that and how challenging is that as somebody that has played this quarterback position? Yeah, it's absolutely a massive challenge, especially Mm -hmm. depending on what your system is, what the situation is. I think it really speaks to something you mentioned a little bit earlier, just kind of the evolution of ball, you know, whether it's in New Orleans or anywhere. Uh, Certainly that out of structure, off platform throw that everyone loves to talk about is something that I think is more is 
is more intentionally worked on in the quarterback space nowadays. And so mm -hmm. he certainly has shown the polish with that part of his game and being able to create outside of uh, the design of the play. If something breaks down, it's such a great tool for an organization, for a program in college, for a team in the league to be able to say, hey, you know, don't put us, don't make a bad play a disaster, but go save us, you know, go, yeah. go make it a positive, go make it a neutral and we can get some positive yards, keep ahead of the change. Those types of things are really, it's, it's part of playing the position nowadays. You look across the landscape of the league and there aren't too many pure pocket passers anymore. What are some of the things that you would say are growth areas or potential, you know, that would get attention from the coaching staff in terms of improvements heading in and his transition to the NFL? Uh, I mean, I don't know if I would frame them quite like that. I think yeah. that he, I, and I mean, this is stuff that he's probably dealt with already at Notre Dame. You know, I'm assuming they bring in five stars to try to take his job every year. And there will be guys in the league, you know, when he goes and throws the ball next to someone, he's, they're going to look like he's not throwing it very hard or not throwing it hard compared to those other guys. And so about being able to maximize what that arm strength is, it's certainly serviceable and it might even be above average, uh, you know, to a certain extent. But when you watch the film and you look at some of the guys who maybe went earlier in the draft, there's certainly a no noticeable difference as far as that element of it. But, you know, also, how often are you ripping 50-yard throws down the field? You know, I think, right. you know, if, if any place can show you that you can win without doing that, it's been the Saints and Sean Payton for a long time. And so yeah, I think that like any kind of well-coached team, they're going to find out exactly what he does well and do that. But it's one of those times where he is in a really special spot because he's in a great organization that's proven that they can win, play at a high level offensively. There's a gap in the roster. I mean, you look across the landscape of the league and there just aren't a lot of jobs available. That's just the right. truth of it. And and that doesn't that's for anybody. And so really fortunate to go to an opportunity like that where you might get an opportunity to play and you might never come off the field for a decade. So mm -hmm. pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, it's not a bad situation to fall into, even if it's not immediately a payoff, right? I mean, even if it's Jameis or Taysom that end up getting that starting quarterback role, he could still end up falling into that QB3 role with where Trevor Simeon is right now or where he was for a good portion of last season. If he ends up winning that role, that still allows them to invest and develop into his future. It doesn't end with his rookie season, right? Yeah. And I mean, I wouldn't even frame it. I would even open open the window to be like, whoever starts week one is not going to be the guy who plays the best over the course of the year. You know, mm -hmm. something gets ha something happens, someone gets hurt. If you come out of, you know, your rookie contract or your first couple of years as you look like you're the guy that we should invest in and that you should get an opportunity to play, that's all you can ask for. And then you need to go out there and play well enough that you never come off the field. But you just, you know, many guys don't even get that opportunity to get an opportunity to have a, to go out there with an, with an offense that obviously, you know, you alluded to earlier, being able to win without Drew Brees anyway, they're set up. For success. And so it's it's a fascinating, kind of exciting opportunity. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that Sean Payton said about Ian Book when he was asked about him in the the post-draft presser was that he's not interested in putting a uh a ceiling on any of these rookies. How important is that to hear as a rookie coming into the NFL? I mean, I think it's not, I think it's the right thing to say. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think I think all of those guys probably have some element of a ceiling, whether he doesn't want to put an artificial one on it. I, I could see that from a coaching standpoint. Sure. But I mean, I, I don't think anybody looks at, at Ian Book and necessarily identifies the exact same characteristics or traits that you might see of other guys that are playing right now in the league. Now, that doesn't mean that he can't come out there and start, you know, running around and making plays like Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson or, you know, have the arm of like Josh Allen. But that's just the reality of, you know, we, we all are looking at the same thing. 
but he can still go out there and play at a really high. I don't think anybody would classify Drew Brees as in that same category, but he was able to go out there and exceed all those expectations and really carve out his own spot across the landscape of elite quarterbacks. So I get what Sean Payton's saying there, but at the same time, I mean, I think we can all kind of nod our head and disagree at the same time. All right, family. Once again, a huge thank you to JT O'Sullivan at JT underscore O'Sullivan. Don't forget to go and check out the QB school on YouTube as well. I'll put some links in the description for both his Ian book analysis parts one and part two. So you can see that improvement that he talked about from the young quarterback winning his quarterback in Notre Dame history. Tomorrow, he's going to come back. We're going to talk a bit more about Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, talk a bit about the quarterback competition as it exists right now and where he sees either of these quarterbacks being able to take advantage of the offense ahead of and also gives a unique perspective in terms of catering an offense to the quarterbacks, maybe not as hard as it's being made out to sound like it is. We'll have all of that tomorrow. And if you're looking for more today, make sure you check out the Locked On Today podcast. Keep up with everything going on around the world of sports in less than 20 minutes. Hosted by Peter Bukowski, wherever you get your podcast. As always, y'all, I appreciate you very much for coming through, for rating, reviewing, watching, liking, subscribing, listening, everything it is that you do to help grow this family. I say it every day because I mean it. I appreciate you so, so much. So make sure that you hit me up on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.